What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the AwesomeO.com NBA strategy show presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. For those of you podcast listeners out there, joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS back in the apartment today. What's good, bro? Yeah, glad to be back home. Uh, not sneezing. Hopefully won't be wiping my nose all show. Um, woke up earlier. Was like, I'm getting the hell out of here before I do a show so that maybe I'm not like dying on it. You have a tough allergy day yesterday on the deeper dive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm allergic to dogs. I always have been. But we had dogs growing up. So like I, I just got used to it. They didn't really bother me. But then now that I don't live there and I don't have dogs of my own, every time I go home, they just kill me. Yeah, that sucks. What's up, Mr. Uh, Go Blue? Mr. D Go Blue? Is that it? I said, Lafay, how much do you love Maxi? The kid's nasty, man. Like, I'm yeah. t- this kid is so much better than anybody, including myself, thought he would be. He's, he's very good, Adam. He is very good. He is. He, uh, he had the third best three-point percentage in the league this year. Did you know that? I had no idea. I, well, of course, I, I, I set some parameters of anyone attempting three or more threes per game. I don't want, right. like, the 1.13s per game in there who do you think were the two players like i said three plus three three plus three pointers attempted per game who do you think were the two guys ahead of them um i think i feel like i've heard one of the answers and it's a weird one but i don't remember okay luke Kennard. okay desmond bain i think bain was the one that i knew yeah desmond bain some fun stuff yesterday, though. I mean, Philly just rocking Toronto. That was, you know, I got that. I ended up getting that at three and a half because three minutes into the first quarter, it was like 11 to four. The line dropped four points on that game. Yeah, I feel like live betting is like a cheat code. If you, Yeah, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. I said yesterday on the after show with Josh that uh, fortunately the bet closed for me a couple of days ago. By the time it opened back up, I didn't like the number, but I was looking for spots to get in and live bet Memphis the other day, not even to, not even money line, but just the spread. And they still lost by like 13. So it right. doesn't always work, but it's definitely yeah. a spot you have to pay close attention to. Yeah. Like I, when, when I'm in a betting, a sports betting state, I always like forget, like, cause I'm not in the habit of doing it. But when I was in New York for the week, like if I'd be in my hotel room, just watching a basketball game, it was just so easy to just be like, Oh, that team went on a run. Let me bet the other team now. And then in like, you know, a quarter later it's like oh okay well now i'm just gonna make 500 dollars no matter what yeah it's it's the the like the nba being such an insane game of runs if you know that it's a good healthy like a good team and you and you and you're comfortable with them uh and they go down by a handful of points early on it it, it means nothing in most cases so uh, point in chat that I hadn't really thought about, but it is kind of hilarious that Josh just never got there on Tyrese Maxey all season long, and then now he's just crushing in the playoffs. That what never? What do you mean? Oh, you mean Josh? Jo- jo- Josh Maxie was just jamming in Tyrese Maxey like every slate. I know. Yeah, he was. Well, it, I said it yesterday that they're opening everything up. In game one, 30 of their 32 three-point attempts were open, according to NBA.com stats. 18 of 32 were wide open when, when you're getting those type of, when, when you can just do what they do and get those open looks, not to mention that Maxi just knocks them down when he shoots them. Right. And he, he's so fast, man. Like he gets to the basket at an insanely fast rate. It's, it's very difficult to stop him, even though he's not big coming in with a full head of steam, he's tough to stop. Well, and also, wasn't he supposed to be a two guard? And then, like, they made him a point guard, and yeah. that was like really unusual for him. I feel like, yeah. and myself included, like, I just think of him now as a point guard because that's basically what he was in the NBA. But he's supposed to be a two. Well, and that's the, that's what's really interesting about him is he plays the two guard when he's out there with Harden, right? But then they then Doc will stagger him and have like him and Harris out there, and it's amazing what happens when you can actually have a decent guy. Uh, that's playing with, you know, part of your bench unit that can actually run the offense. So right. makes a big difference for sure. And Hey, can, can we, can we shout out the Dallas fucking Mavericks? I mean, what a gritty team at the risk of sounding cliche. What a gritty team that is Did they to win? come out. What's up? Did they win? I didn't pay yeah. attention to that game. Yeah, they won. D- 
Fuck, Brunson dropped 41. Dude. I knew he had a big like fantasy game, but I had no, I couldn't have told did you. See what, what Maxi Kleba did? Yeah. Eight yeah, I knew threes. what Kleba did because I had a lineup that was pretty much a lock to come in third in the big DraftKings tournament um, with like any sort of normal Jokic fourth quarter. But instead, Malone leaves him on the bench for three minutes and then he immediately gets ejected. But Kleba yeah. was on that team, so I, I knew what he had done. Eight threes. Eight threes. <clears throat> Crazy stuff. He had 25 points on, ready? It was 25 points, but eight threes equals 24. And then he was one of two from the free throw line. He didn't have a single actual two-point field goal in the game on 25 points. That's nuts. Nuts. And Denver's done, man. Like, I, I knew that they'd be cooked from the beginning. I, I wasn't sure how bad it would be, but... I, I at least assumed Michael Malone was going to run some sort of reasonable rotation and try and win games. They're just outmatched. I, for sure. Like, they're and clearly now Jordan not... Poole's scoring 30 a game. Right. And like, they're clearly never going to win that series, but I mean, at least, at least try, like you're playing tons of minutes without a, like literally without an NBA player on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For a little stretch there, Monty Morris was the only starter out there. There was a stretch where he wasn't out there either. I know. It looks (laughs) like there was about five, five minutes where it was cousins, Forbes, Jermichael Green, Austin Rivers and Bones Highland. Yeah, that's yeah. I hadn't watched the game and I went to turn it on and I looked. I was like, okay, so who's because we had talked about how uh, in the second half of the first game, at least he had Barton out there with the second unit. And then so like towards the end of the third quarter, um, because I'd seen Denver was up and then I saw they're getting their asses kicked. I'm like, uh, so I pull it up. I'm like, oh, who's playing? And I'm just like, oh, these five. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Nick said Mavs and Cavs can just go home and call it a season. I'll tell you what, that game was actually really fun. I, I, I can sometimes appreciate, I can sometimes appreciate a game like that. I'm, you, you know, I've told you this a lot. I'm all about, like Josh thinks I'm crazy for it. I'm all about chaos. As long as it's not my team, uh, that's, that's the, that's catching the business end of that chaos. Right. I'm all about chaos. Like I, I, I'm all about Minnesota coming into Memphis and getting wins. I'm all about the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic, giving 44 minutes to, to Finney Smith and Bullock and Ray, and Jalen Brunson. I'm all about them coming in and stealing wins. It's I love it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, that, that makes it exciting to me. Like, I don't need – I can tell you who the better team is. I don't need them to just come in and win every game that they're supposed to. Exactly. And and I know Josh's argument, and I get it, to, is like, well, yeah, but then if they advance – the next series is gonna is gonna suck. It's like, yeah, well, if 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 that team that did if the team that they, they couldn't beat them in the first round advanced, it's probably not gonna be great either. Right. So. The only exception to that is like if it's like a crazy bad matchup for some yes. reason. But for, yeah, absolutely. you know, barring that. But I mean, da- you can't say Dallas without Luca is is a crazy bad matchup for Utah outside of they're just really good defensively. Right. And at, and also like if Dallas advances and gets Luca back, they're they're gonna have the best player or you know top two player in the series depending on who they're playing. I don't know who they play, but um, you know so at least it's not like a total garbage team either. No, you could not ask for anything more if you're Luca Doncic or sorry if you're the Mavericks to split the the home games one and one before going to Utah without Doncic playing in either of those. You couldn't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because you're not winning both. Anyway, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. 56, not bad. I mean, we got about over, we got a quarter, over a quarter of people in here that have already hit that thumbs up. You guys are, guys are the lifeblood of Osmo. But if you haven't done so, only takes a second, helps us out a ton, and we appreciate you for doing so. Subscribe to the channel as well. 75,800 plus loyal pieces to this family and hit that join if you want to join. Get the premium super or like free super chats each month, the custom emojis. Uh, of Adam's face and mine and so much more. We got to get one of Jordan too. We need one of you, Jordan. Oh yeah. With the beater and uh, get the, get the badges. I'm iced up now. I got the 12 month ice next to my name. We'll uh, also always prioritize your comments, questions, all that stuff with our premium discord members. And we got something very exciting coming down the pike that I think is going to come to fruition. We're going to have our premium members involved in that. All right, you ready to dive into this? Yeah. Let's do it. Atlanta, Miami. 
I mean, talk about a mismatch, dude. Most most teams just don't match up good against Miami. But at the same time, that last game, uh, at no point was that really a truly competitive game. It it got super out of control. You saw all of the start. None of the starters played the final 15 minutes of the game outside of was it Kevin Herter, I think. And he played a short stint in the fourth. So I'm just really wondering where you're at on, on Atlanta today, given the matchup with Miami. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really obviously a brutal spot. You're going into Miami again. So um, it's not like you get home court or anything, but at the same time, I don't think you can just expect the same level of blowout and that you're just going to get three quarters from the starters in a playoff game. Like that's so unusual for them to just not. And Atlanta is a good offensive team. They had the second best offensive rating in the league this season. Who Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there's some chance, I guess, that Collins maybe moves back into the starting lineup, not on the injury report at all now after playing 21 minutes last game. Um, That would certainly be nice, you know, from an offensive standpoint. But the more minutes he can play, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup, obviously gets better. Um, but still just a brutal matchup. The the pricing has come down, though. Trey Young at 9,300 still gives you a very high ceiling. Like, if Atlanta's able to hang in this game, you know it's because Trey Young is playing well. Uh, pretty cheap pricing on Bogdanovich, Okongwu, Gallo. Um, so it's not a team that I love. Like, Trey Young is the only piece that really stands out at its salary, but still a three-game slate. So, you know, getting to Bogdanovich, Okongwu, Gallo, some Collins if he starts, I think is – still decent as long as you're playing, you know, a lot of lineups. How many minutes of this game is close? Do you think a guy like a Kongu gets? That one's tough because it kind of depends on what they're going to do with Collins too. Like a Kongu played 20 minutes last game. He also had four fouls in the first half. He played about um, 50 or he played exactly 15 minutes. If he closes, he gets 30, I guess. But like, I would also expect in a close game, the closing lineup probably has John Collins at center. So I would think like, I don't know, 24, 25 minutes for a Kongwu. You would think so. I mean, Collins just getting all the backup run and then they completely emptied the bench in the final, what, like was it five minutes of that game? Five minutes or so of that game. So it's really hard to say. It's, it's hard to, to get a good idea of what it's going to look like. And if the starting lineup is, is going to be the same, you just mentioned it. I mean, the, the only maybe you mentioned this and I missed it, but the, to me, the only reasonable shift to the starting lineup would be Collins over Okongwu, unless you think it would be like Okongwu and Collins and then Gallinari off the bench. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I think the closing lineup is Collins What do you think the Okongwu? starting lineup would be, I'm saying, if Collins started? Would it just be in if, place of Okongwu? Or do you think maybe Gallo could come off the bench and Okongwu and Collins start in the front court? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I could see it going either way. Any other my, my, spots? Ge- that- my guess is that they would go Collins over a Kong, like over a Kongu and keep Gallo out there so. for offense. Yeah, I, w- I would think so too. I, I don't know if you want a Kongu out there with Collins, but it's it's yet to be seen. And then Bogdanovich last game, just I mean, it was a brutal, brutal performance. He shot 0 for 8, I think it was, off the bench, 25 minutes. But this is yet another spot, right, where you have to you you have to be you have to be aware of when it's somebody like Bogdanovich, you're always going to lose minutes in a blowout. It's just the way it is. But he, he also got more first quarter run because of, of Kevin Herter's foul trouble. So he played a lot in the first half and then only played like 12 minutes in the second half. He probably would have just played all the way. Uh, Bogdanovich probably would have played all the way through that that fourth quarter, would be my guess, if it was close. Yeah, if the game's close, I expect you're getting like 30 to 32 from Bogdanovich. Me too. Does that interest you at all? As a secondary option. You know, he's around the fantasy point-per-minute guy. On average, you you knock that down a bit for the matchup with Miami. Um, But at 5,300, you know, he's still going to project around like 26 to 28 uh, DraftKings points, depending how many minutes you give him. So it's fine, but it's nothing that I'm prioritizing. I have a tough time believing any of these questionable guys for Miami are actually questionable. Like so the, the important ones, yeah. right? There, there's no way Bam doesn't play tonight, right? That would be incredibly surprising. Super. And it's a bruised left quad. I don't know. Like he, he played, it's not like he left last game early. He came out when the bench came in. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't particularly effective, but whatever. 
Uh, he, yeah, he came out when the bench came in. He lost five minutes. He played 28. So he was pacing 33 in that game. I, do you want to get to Bam today in the event that, that he's active? Uh, yeah, uh, 7,600, I think, is a great price tag for Bam. Um, you have to remember, too, that last game was his first game out of health and safety protocols. So he hadn't been practicing with the team. Yep. That potentially affects his conditioning a bit. Um, but, it, you know, if we assume this game's competitive, I don't see any reason you're not getting 33-plus minutes from Bam. He's around a 1.2 DraftKings point-per-minute guy. And the price tag's down to 7,600. So I think it's a really, really good price point, especially because, you know, also, like, there are other good center options, but there wasn't anything we really loved from Atlanta. Steven Adams is, you know, kind of whatever with Memphis from a fantasy standpoint. Obviously, Towns, Eaton, and, and Joval are good, but um, the opportunity cost of the position just clearly isn't as high as it would be, you know, during the regular season or, or on a bigger slate. So there's, once again, no real great value on this slate. The truth is, if last game you played P.J. Tucker – if you play B.J. Tucker and I told you in 25 minutes, 24 minutes in a blowout, he was going to give you 26 fantasy points and 16 actual points in a playoff game or playoff site, you would be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, and, and I think he's still underpriced here at 8,400. You know, if this game's competitive. No, no, I'm sorry. I said, I said P.J. Tucker. I'm saying the fact that. Oh, I thought you said Jimmy Butler. No, I'm saying P.J. Tucker last game played. If I told you he's giving you over a fantasy point per minute in 24 minutes in a blowout, you'd be pretty stoked. I, I, I would, I'm just curious where you're at on a value guy like that. Cause once again, there's not a lot of good value on this slate. Yeah. I mean, the minutes are there. It's just a matter of, you know, does he knock down his, his open threes? He played 24 minutes, but if this game were competitive, I would have expected him to sub back in, close that game out, probably get up to around 30 minutes or so. Um, at 3,900, I think he's a good value. The only concern is that like, he's going to pull a lot of ownership as well. And obviously PJ Tucker is capable of disappearing, but um, I do think, you know, like you're saying, there's just not a lot of good value on the slate. So you only have a 15% right now, which is seems. Yeah. That, that seems kind of low to me. Um, similarly, Max Struess at 4,100, uh, Kind of want to be cautious with him because he played 25 minutes last game, but he got garbage run. It kind of looked like, or it did look like he was just going to basically open the first quarter, open the third quarter, play around 20 minutes. But the flip side to that too is Duncan Robinson shot the lights out last game. If Duncan Robinson is not knocking down shots, you can very easily get Max Strews subbing back in for him and potentially getting more minutes that way. So like at 4,100, I think Struess is risky. I think projecting him for 25 or 26 minutes is probably a little bit high. Um, but there, there's still the upside for him to get there. And then similarly, the same thing for Robinson. Uh, he's, you know, clearly they would like him to shoot really well and play 24, 25 minutes. That hasn't really been the case for a lot of the year, but, um, I think either of those guys you can take shots on. I wouldn't play them together though. All right. Talk to me about Butler then. I just think he's underpriced. I mean, 8,400 for somebody that's likely to play 36 plus minutes if this game's competitive. And if it's not competitive, there's a good chance that he's heavily involved anyway. So um, I think that the price tag's just a little bit cheap. And like you were saying, with the lack of value, it's just, it, it's a little bit more appealing during the postseason to go balanced than it typically is during the regular season, just because you don't have the same level of value. And if somebody like PJ Tucker goes out there and puts up 16, 17 DraftKings points, you can have a pretty big advantage if you just didn't get to that price range. And then on a slate like this too, you know, yeah, you have Towns, you have Booker, um, but you don't have you don't have Jokic, you don't have Embiid, you don't have Giannis, you don't have the same level of payup options. Um, so I think landing on a balanced bill is just a little bit easier. And Jimmy Butler is a pretty big piece in doing that. I think it does interest me that Kyle Lowry played. People would, might look at it and say, "Well, he only played twenty nine minutes. He never played the fourth quarter." So if this game's close, how many minutes do we get from Lowry in a, in, a, in a competitive spot? I think that the price on him is pretty decent. Like 6,300 seems pretty fair to me because you have to keep in mind that he's losing usage to Butler. Bam's a higher usage guy. Uh, if the game's competitive, you're probably getting more minutes from Hero, who's also going to take usage away from Lowry. Yeah. But Lowry should lead the team in assist percentage, and he's likely to be out there mid-30s minutes. He's around the fantasy point per minute, maybe a little bit shy. Um, so 6,300, I think he looks pretty good. I would still put him behind Bam and Butler. And I do think in tournaments, if you're going to get – um, a discount in ownership between Lowry and Hero, it is kind of appealing to make that pivot where Hero's $300 more. Lowry, I think, projects a little bit better just because there's more consistency. But Hero, I, I think, you know, still can certainly get hot and, and really take over offensively. Anything else from this game? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. Let's keep it moving now.
first off, Underdog Fantasy, uh, you guys know we did a ton of content on Underdog for best ball, for football season. Uh, we're doing stuff coming up now, whether it's for the draft, best ball contest coming up, or, or basketball, all of that good stuff. But they got some great contests over there for the NBA playoffs. You got the 25K shoot around with 5K up top tonight. And all you have to do is go to underdogfantasy.com by clicking the link in the video description below or download their app in the app store and sign up with the promo code awesome. A W E S E M O. You'll double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Solid deal there. Promo code awesome. You'll double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars with underdog fantasy, this NBA postseason, Got to use that link in the description though, and use the promo code awesome. When you sign up and deposit, but check out what they got. The plus, the prop offerings are sick. They got some great stuff for player prop contests. They've got best ball for uh, foot for basketball. Uh, and then of course with football draft right around the corner, you're going to start seeing some best ball stuff. If you're like me and you prefer to be doing football content and, and drafts all year round, you're going to love underdog. I'm assuming a lot of you guys are already signed up there, but if not underdogfantasy.com, uh, you have the app store that you can download it in as well and use that promo code. Awesome. All right, Minnesota. Dude, how good is Anthony Edwards? I love, I just love this kid. I know you do too. Personality wise on the floor. He's just, he's our kind of guy. Yeah. And he's been really impressive so far in the postseason. I mean, like my, I've always, or I've thought since he came into the league that if he can even be like above average, he's going to be a superstar in terms of popularity and, and marketability and all of that. But he's playing really well too. And if he actually plays like a superstar, he's going to be, you know, one of the most popular players ever, probably just based on um, ability and personality. I told my brother-in-law when I was at his house watching the game the other day, uh, he's a, he likes basketball, but he doesn't follow it like we do. You know what I mean? It's not most people don't. Right. Uh, and I was telling him uh, he's the type of guy that, you know, could, well, could leave his cell phone out of the house for five hours and not think about it. You know, he's the type of dude that doesn't care about like a, a lot of that stuff. And I said, man, I got someone for you would love Anthony Edwards. Dude still has a flip phone. He's just like completely closed off to the world. He really is, man. He's kind of in his own little bubble but not even in a, in an insulting way, you know, not, he's just, he just does him. Right. Yeah. I, and his interviews are so good. Like no matter what the topic is, like he, he, he did the one interview, you know, talking about how like he could have played, played, played major league baseball if he wanted to, like, he's just, his interviews are great. Yeah. And didn't they ask him about, uh, what player did they ask him about? And they didn't know who he was. Alex Rodriguez when he bought the Timberwolves. <laughs> was it A-Rod? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't know who A-Rob <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was, if I remember right, that was very close to around the time he also was talking about how, like, he's a huge baseball fan and could have played, like, in the majors. That's great. He probably could have, though. I, I, do you know how many of these just peak, these these athletes could have played probably whatever sport they wanted? Yeah, I mean, baseball and hockey are the two that I kind of discount that a little bit. But at the same time, like, if that was something he focused on, I'm sure he could have been very good at it. Yeah, hockey's different though too. Just, just because like, it, it's it's there's a lot of things about hockey that just make it a difficult sport to play. Like basketball, you can kind of play anywhere and practice anywhere, right? Like football, ba even baseball, you can practice them anywhere. Right. It's a lot different with hockey. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like it's it's more technical and like skill based, which is why I think it's different and why I think baseball is different. Like. But I'm saying you can't just go find a hockey rink anywhere. Like you have to pay the barrier to entry for hockey just for any old person is it's, it's yeah, it's high. There's a real barrier to entry there. It's there's pretty no high doubt. for baseball too, but not as high as for hockey. Right. But I'm saying you can still go out with your boys and like do and, and throw throw some pitches and, and and swing a bat even if it's in a field or something. Yeah, but like to actually get good, like unless you have friends that are good and aren't, you know, just like throwing you 20 mile an hour like soft right. toss like right it, it, it's hard to get good at baseball without spending a lot of money to do so yeah i agree i'm just saying there are some sports like hockey and i'm sure plenty of others where like unless you have the necessary equipment the necessary rink or field or whatever it is you're just shit out of luck right but yeah edwards is awesome and he did that against the good Men uh, memphis defense uh in that play-in game he dropped he dropped what 30 yeah 30 and against the clippers He's just exciting and I enjoy watching him. And 
I don't I don't think 8200 is is all that unreasonable on him today only because his ownership is coming in to reflect that. I mean, he's not going to be a popular option today for a three-game slate. Do you think it's worth getting some some tournament exposure to a guy like Edwards? Yeah, like he's not going to be a priority because he's $200 less sure. expensive than Butler, he's more expensive than Bam, he's more expensive than Hero. Um but the ceiling is still really high for this guy. And if we assume this game is going to be competitive, you're likely to get a ton of minutes. He played 40 minutes last game, 28.5% usage rate, 36 actual points. Um, the, the ceiling is really, really high. And at 20% ownership on a three-game slate, I think it's pretty appealing. Um, if that ownership were to go up a bit, then my interest you know, falls off some just because you do have Butler. You do have guys like McCollum and Ingram and Booker and Paul. Like, not to mention, you know, Morant and guys from Memphis. So it's, there's plenty of guys in that price range that look good, but, you know, you can trust the minutes from Edwards. You can trust he's going to be heavily involved. Uh, really just a matter of, you know, is his shot going to fall? Yeah. Uh, Bill Wallace, MLB starts right here in one minute and 36 seconds. Don't go anywhere. What else are you doing for Minnesota at the top when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns? Did you say one now, minute and 36 seconds? Five minutes and three seconds, Bill. Don't go anywhere. Keep typing in all caps and freaking out. <laughs> uh, Towns bounced back in a big way last time out, right? It was, it was good to see that this entire team. I mean, I honestly don't expect them to play at that level again. I mean, they were pretty dominant in that game. They dropped 130 in regulation. They are a good. They're a high scoring team. Uh, but is Towns a priority for you today? Um, yes, because like he's the highest score or highest projected player by a pretty wide margin. Um, so obviously you would certainly like to get there. The negative would be that you can just save some money go down and, and like not really get to that price range at all you know going to your booker mccollum butler ingram type guys but the fact that you don't have Giannis and bead Jokic on this slate i think does make towns look uh, pretty appealing and then also he's not that expensive he's only 9500 so it's not like you're necessarily gonna have to force in bad value options to get there you know you'll you'll have to obviously save some money somewhere but not to the extent that you would if he was like 10 5 or 11k or something Antonio says, Bill is right, though. They do talk a lot of nonsense. <laughs> Listen, first of all, very little nonsense, I would say, today. We recap, and then, you know, maybe a little here and there. But I promise you, man, Antonio, there are plenty of generic shows out there that you could go to for just clear-cut, dry DFS analysis, and it'll make you a happy guy. I promise you. Sometimes we like to have a little fun. What else for Minnesota from Russell, who just is like been mitigated to a nothing in this offense right now. I, I know he's not expensive and I know last game isn't signifying or, 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 you know, isn't exactly what we should expect every game. And then do we got to talk about Vanderbilt and, and Beverly again, Vanderbilt's minutes are a little bit sketchy right now, but he's one of the few guys sub 4k that's actually going to be in the rotation. Yeah, uh, DraftKings did the thing again where they priced Vanderbilt the same, basically the same as P.J. Tucker. I think he is the same today. He, um, he, he only played 18 and a half minutes last game, and it wasn't even foul-related. You just got more playing time from, from Jaden McDaniels. Uh, McDaniels played 25 minutes to Vanderbilt's 18, and then you also had you know Malik Beasley play 30 minutes off the bench. Torian Prince was in the rotation, played... 11 and a half minutes. So uh, Prince is questionable today. If he's out, you know, that's, it, it certainly doesn't hurt Vanderbilt, but I do think that Vanderbilt's just a really, I, I like high risk, high ceiling. Isn't the correct way to phrase it. I don't think, because I still don't like in terms of raw ceiling, I don't think it's that high, but if Vanderbilt plays well and gets like 28 minutes, he's going to pay off $3,900. It's just a matter of um, you can't guarantee that at, at all. <laughs> this dude is unhinged <laughs> i didn't see what he said that uh got timed out oh it's good stuff he's got money on the line that fun is not wanted <laughs> yeah we keep going he's got money on the line mlb starts at seven man we gotta go go that's great i, I enjoy someone that's just sometimes comes in the chat and is a little bit unwell you know, it's <laughs> spices up the day. You know what I mean? It makes it fun. Yeah. 
I know you had a couple of them on the strategy show the other week and I heard about those. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I embrace it. All right. I still, I, I, I think Bill, I think he's, I think it's, I think it's more of like a, just a troll type deal because oh, he, yeah. he, he seems like he, it doesn't seem like just some incoherent ramblings of a madman. It seems like somebody that's just, you know, trying to get a rise. Can yeah, appreciate 100%. that. Anything else for Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Beverly, fifty six hundred again, just kind of a risky option because he's not a high usage guy, but um, and he fouls frequently. But if he can avoid fouling, you're expecting you know thirty minutes or so. He's about a fantasy point per minute guy. He's only fifty six hundred, so I would throw him sort of in that same conversation, that same mix with guys like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich from Atlanta, where they're not priorities, but he is pretty inexpensive and, and he can help you get to somebody like Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Malik Beasley has been playing a lot of minutes, but his price tag is up to 4,700. So I think kind of difficult to, to really get there. Um, I do think you should also pay attention to the ownership difference between Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniels. Vanderbilt's the better point per minute guy. Um, obviously we expect him to start, but Vanderbilt right now is at 23%. McDaniels is at 6%. Only a one, only a $100 difference in salary. And they negatively correlate. So um, you're never going to be excited about McDaniels. But if that ownership holds, he does just work as somebody that gives you the same sort of salary relief as Vanderbilt, but at much lower ownership. We had a super chat from Ray 205K. Should we divorce Adams and roll with Clark? I waited for that one uh, as an appropriate segue into the Memphis Grizzlies, Adam, so we could do that today. Um, do we divorce Adams and roll with Clark? I'm assuming because Clark played those additional minutes and closed out the game along with the starters. Uh, I still have a tough time believing that you wouldn't want Steven Adams out there for, for, for long stretches. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that Adams, like that Clark is just the closing center now. Um, you did get 27 minutes from him last game. You only got 24 from Adams. Clark closed both halves. In the first half, most of those closing minutes were alongside Adams, and then they sub Kyle Anderson in for Adams at the very end. But in the second half, it was just Clark over Adams. Um, you do and have that's a difference. When, in, that's when Minnesota really pulled away, too, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah you, you do have a difference in salary. Um, Adams is, or Clark rather is a little bit better point per dollar guy as well. Although they're both, you know, between like one and 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Um, so I think the ownership's one thing to pay attention to, but also Clark has power forward eligibility. So that makes him a little bit easier to get into lineups. Clark's at 20% ownership right now. Adams is at 19. So nothing really standing out there in terms of, uh, making a decision that way. I think you kind of just play both guys, just not together. Um, because I do think that, you know, Clark's ceiling comes at the expense of Adams, but I think they both actually look decent at their salaries because Adams is only 5,200. If he gets out there for 28 to 30 minutes, which he certainly could, then he's going to look pretty good as well. Um, if Clark replicates, you know, 27 minutes, then obviously he's one of the best value plays. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Clark is not that much cheaper than Adams, but. Somebody said he... Adams can't guard Towns. Adams doesn't guard Towns. Most teams use their four to guard Carl Anthony Towns, and the five is with Vanderbilt. If you were to project minutes right now, I know it's tough, but what would you give to Clark and Adams? 28-20 20, or 26-22? Yeah, I was going to say like 26-22. Um, you could even well, Actually, go like if they play alongside of each other, maybe you could boost both of them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to say you could go like 26-24, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I think you're right. Both of them are just, both of them are fine. I mean, Steven Adams, to be fair to Adams, he is north of a fantasy point per minute guy this year. It's not like, it's not like when he's on the, I, I know last game he, he didn't play well, but it, this is not, this is not somebody who normally just stinks it up like that. And there's a low fantasy point per minute producer, although it is interesting in four games against Minnesota this year, he's been terrible. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe Clark at 4,400 is actually a, a really good play here. I mean, if, if you, if you, if I could guarantee you 24 minutes from Clark, how much would you want of him today at that price point? Uh, at, at that price point and only 20% ownership, like as much a as lot. I can get. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, think, I think Clark is a good play. I, I expect to have more Clark than Adams because one, he's cheaper. 
Two, I mean, we did see the rotation last game. And three, he has power forward eligibility. So, like, right, that's I, a good I expect point. to have more Clark than Adams. I just don't think that we should be 100% drawing conclusions based off last game. Sure. I don't even know how much power forward eligibility matters on a slate like this. I mean, I guess. Well, it's just more spots you can get him into. No, no, no. I, I, know, I know. I'm saying, like, uh, so often that center position is just loaded with good players. Right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even really mean it that the opportunity cost at center is that high. I just, just meant more flexibility. Like it's an extra lineup spot. For sure. Uh, how else do you want to approach Memphis tonight? Um, I, I think kind of across the board, they look like good, but not great. It's like, I like all of the starters, but then I can also point to somebody else that I just like a little bit more in their price range. And I think that's reflected in the ownership. You know, uh, Bain and Brooks both at 30% nobody else higher than 20%. So I do think they were a really good team in tournaments, but it's like John Morant's $300 more than Carl Anthony Towns. Um, not to say that he can't outscore Towns. He clearly can, but he's not going to project quite as well. Um, Desmond Bain at 6,400, Jackson at 6,500. They both look pretty good. Brooks, Brooks looks pretty good. Um, but I, I still don't know that I would call any of them priorities. So I do like them in tournaments. I do think the ownership's going to be relatively low. It's just kind of difficult to pinpoint like exactly which guy you want. It, it's it's different than a team like Miami where it's like clearly Butler and Bam are the top two guys followed by Lowry or Atlanta where it's like Trey Young is by himself or, you know, Minnesota where it's Towns and Edwards and then everybody else falls off. Here it's kind of like relative to salary. I think all of the main pieces basically look more or less the same as one another. We got free content on the site today. You yeah, certainly do. Got a lot of it. NBA player projections, MLB main slate ownership projections, PGA golfer rankings, NHL ownership projections, all of that free over at awesomeo.com. Uh, but if you're looking to join Awesomeo and get everything, whether you want to do a week, a month, a year, one sport, every sport, we got you covered at awesome.com slash join. Got the boom bust tools, the lineup builder, player projections, ownership, all of the projected stats as well. Uh, I feel like people don't take advantage of, of that type of stuff enough. And, and so many other things for baseball. Of course, you got the top stacks tool, the top pitchers tool, uh, PGA, UFC, NASCAR, MLB, NBA, UFS USFL projections, esports. I'm forgetting stuff because we got so much. If they have contests out there, we got content. Like I said, you can do an express pass for less than five dollars a week if you're working on a budget, or you can make a real commitment, make an investment, go for the whole year, get some get a nice discount. However, you want to do it, awesome.com slash join. Uh, all the tools built by Awesomeo, Awesomeo, I should say, Alex Baker himself, and uh, helped managed by some of the best players out there. So check it out. If you have any questions, you can hit me up. Uh, my DMs are open on Twitter, but be sure to join our premium discord when you do and jump in uh, to the office hours channel on top of that, where you got the pros answering your questions, helping you better your game. Oh, and the best bets discord. If you're into that sports betting twist. We got the best bets discords with Alex Baker, Ben Rasa, Steve Buzzard, all those guys in there dropping the best picks every day with our, you know, leading projections out there. And we've cultivated a pretty awesome community. So best bets, discord link in the description for both of those. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. Hang on before you make me talk about basketball, uh, Stephen Leibowitz mentioned the wire in chat and it reminded me, uh, (laughs) did you see the trailer for the new series that's coming out on HBO max from David Simon and the guys that created the wire? Like it has Marlowe. It has, a couple other people, um, stars, uh, the guy that plays the Punisher. What? It's about like, um, I, I think it's about like the gun trace task force in Baltimore. Which Punisher? Like, like the Thomas Jane Punisher? No, That's the, the only one I ever um, saw. John, what is it, John Burt or something? I don't know. I feel like Thomas Jane was in one of the Punisher movies. It's the only one of those movies I've ever seen. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I, I'm looking now. I don't remember the guy's name. Um, Unimportant. What's it about? Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's about like the gun trace task force in Baltimore, which was like a really corrupt policing thing. Um, but it's like a six episode mini series about that from the same guys that created The Wire. And like Marlo plays a cop, so he's like on the complete opposite side now. But um, yeah, it, it looked really good. I think it comes out in like Sweet. a week. Dude, that's that's exciting. But I let me just say. It drives me nuts. And yes, Thomas Jane was in one of the, was in one of them. It, 
it drives me insane that all of the new shows that come out are limited or mini series. Like, why can't we get anything good now that that is actually extended? You know what I mean? Like, give yeah. me a good show that they can actually figure out how to leave the season on a cliffhanger and make you want more. Yeah. In this case, I think it's like actually more like a documentary type thing. Oh, I'll think. still watch it. I'm not saying this yeah. specifically, but having yeah, yeah, you noticed no, I'm with you, so though. much of what comes out today is just a limited or miniseries? Yeah, and it is John Bernthal. Okay. He's in um he's in Wolf of Wall Street, too. He plays Brad. Oh, really? Yeah, like the, the drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Huh, okay. Anthony Childs, Lafayette, you got two of your three NBA props last night. Thanks. Awesome. Congrats. We got three of four, actually, because we hit Maxi over threes as well. So we had Maxi over threes, Harris. We went overs yesterday. We were in a, we went heavy on the overs. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, OG Ananobi over 16 and a half points. He had three fouls early on, and I got a little bit nervous there. And I was already on that before the Gary Trent news, but Gary Trent ended up getting sick again and OG Ananobi Cruz. So, yeah, we'll try and run it back today. The Odd Shopper channel. O-D-D-S-S, -S, odds shopper, all one word. Uh, Monday through Friday, I throw out an NBA, best NBA props videos. It's a lot of fun. Come join the family over there. We'll sweat some bets together. All right, Pelicans. You see how many rebounds Joval had last game? No, I didn't. Take a guess. Without looking, please. Don't, don't pull some shit. So it's either going to be like two or like 40. I love, I love when I get you in a corner like this. And <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll go four. 25. All right. That is more than four. Yeah, but you knew it was on what well, what one of these days I'm just gonna say it and I, and it's gonna be eleven, right? Like it'll just be the like his season average and right. <laughs> whatever it is. But yeah, no, it's uh yeah, it's 25 boards, man. He had 18 and 25 in 31 minutes. Good rebounder. Anyway, yeah, talk yeah. to me about the Pels here. They're, they're significant dogs, nine and a half points, 221 and a half point total. Brandon Ingram getting some love. Same with McCollum. Joval just getting virtually no ownership on this slate. 15% on a three-gamer. It's very interesting at a center position that's good, but not special. Yeah, agreed. And pricing came down. I mean, the, the two guys that really stand out here are Ingram and McCollum. Last game, you got 43 minutes from McCollum. You got 38, almost 39 from Ingram, 32.5% usage rate from McCollum, 27 from Ingram. Both of those numbers more or less in line with what we saw from them during the, the regular season when they played together as well. Uh, so they both look, I think, like two of the top plays on the slate at their respective salaries. But 7,500 for Joval, I mean, he only played 30 and a half minutes, but we know physically he can play more. You could see him play more um, in future games. He's a really good point-per-minute guy, although he does take somewhat of a hit playing alongside McCollum and Ingram. But, you know, last game, 35% usage rate. I don't expect that to continue necessarily, but interesting to see like you said he rebounded at a really high rate as well the ceiling is certainly massive for those guys so um i think that at relatively low ownership valentunas makes sense and then i kind of don't care at all about ownership between mccollum and ingram like they're just clearly two of the top two plays i agree what about hayes played like 12 minutes last game i think it's pretty tough to want to get to him just because there's so many ways it can go poorly. Like, for one, he just doesn't need to play a lot of minutes. But, like, when he starts, he's playing alongside Valanciunas, so you're losing rebounding opportunities there. He's obviously not going to get a lot of usage. But then you have Larry Nance taking on a bigger role. You've had Trey Murphy taking on a bigger role because he's a better uh, three-point shooter. He can space the floor a little bit, whereas Hayes can't. The flip side or the counter argument is that Hayes is only 3,500. So if for one reason or another, he finds a way into 22 to 24 minutes, he's probably going to pay off that salary and be a good value. It's just that more often than not, I don't think he gets there because I don't think he really offers anything here that helps New Orleans. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he isn't even in the starting lineup again, if they just go to you know a, a smaller lineup here because there's no reason that they need Hayes out there uh, against Phoenix. But you know, at 3,500, um, you know, if that, if Joval gets in foul trouble or something, maybe Hayes plays more. Uh, so at 4%, like, you can certainly gamble and, and throw darts at him. Same thing for Larry Nance Jr. at 4% owned. But I don't really I, – I don't know why Hayes would play a lot of minutes barring somebody getting hurt or in foul trouble. Do you have a 
priority from this game as a priority in sense of like, I want to get more of him than anyone else on this team. I mean, I think it's McCollum and Ingram. Uh, they're, they're very similar. And then, you know, Ingram does have a little bit better positional eligibility with shooting guard, small forward. But um, those two really stand out. I think from a value standpoint, $3,400 Trey Murphy looks pretty good. I do think that you still kind of need to be cautious there uh, just because their the, the rotation could change. Like, for example, last game he closed. He played the final five and a half minutes of that game. If he's not in the closing lineup, let's say they go with Alvarado or let's say they go with Larry Nance, um, you know, or Najee Marshall, which is not, you know, a, a non-zero chance. Then you're just talking about like 20 minutes. But uh, he, he does, you know, help them space the floor. I do think that they want him out there. Uh, so he's a decent option at 3,400. I mentioned Nance, you know, as a, a potential like dart throw type guy. Alvarado, kind of the same thing uh, at 3,900, 2% owned. But I think the very clear priorities are Ingram and, and McCollum. Oh, and I forgot to mention Herbert Jones. Like, he should play a lot of minutes. He's only 4,300. I think he looks like a pretty good value. I think I would rather get to him than somebody like Jared Vanderbilt just because I'm more confident in the minutes, and he is actually lower owned than Vanderbilt as well. So if you can find those $400, I do like Herbert Jones. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Phoenix Suns, baby. Last one here. Big favorites at home. I think they're probably still favored to win the finals last time I looked. Wouldn't shock me even a little bit. DeAndre Ayton's interesting, 7,200. Uh, last game, he played, what, how many minutes did he play last game? 34? Yeah, played 34 minutes in that one. Uh, do you think there's there's something to be said for, if you look at Memphis, that they're still probably not going to play the same minutes as a lot of other teams where you're getting like 33, 35 minutes from a lot of these guys? With New Orleans and with Phoenix, do you think outside of Booker, you're still going to see most of these guys in that 34 to 35 minutes range? Or I should say at least guys like Booker, or sorry, Chris Paul and Aiton and and maybe Jay Crowder below that. So one thing I wanted to comment on real quick, because um, in chat, somebody said Ingram got absolutely locked down last game. What makes you think that'll change? It's just not something that for from a DFS standpoint, I really care about. Because if you're going to try and guess like, who shoots well from game to game, good luck. It's all about opportunities. Like Ingram is going to get a ton of opportunities. We know Phoenix is good defensively, but the offense is going to run through McCollum and Ingram. Ingram's inexpensive. DFS really comes down to opportunities and salary a lot more than it comes down to, uh, oh, this guy's going to guard him and make life difficult. Like, yeah, Mikel Bridges is a great defender, and I'm sure Ingram will see plenty of him. But I would care a lot more if Ingram was 9K. You give me Ingram at 7,800, I don't really care all that much about who the matchup is like projections take into account the matchup and he still projects really well. So um, you're kind of just from a DFS standpoint, typically uh, getting a little bit too much into the weeds. If you're just going to decide that like players like Brandon Ingram, aren't going to score in the playoffs um, from the, the Phoenix side. Yeah. Like I think you're looking at around 40 minutes from Booker. Like you got last game bridges should approach 40. Um, I think you probably get, 34 to 36 from Aiton and Paul. I expect pretty similar playing time uh, to what we saw last game for the most part. All right. Bad matchup for Ingram. Yeah, it's a bad matchup for the Pels. The Suns are really good. That doesn't matter for DFS. It really doesn't. Like, it, it does, but it's factored in. It's priced in there. Like, it's priced in. It's baked in the projections. You're, you're making a mistake if you look at someone's projection and then say, yeah, but the matchup. Because that's part of the projection. Yeah, he played almost 40 minutes. Right. Played almost 40 minutes. He's still not, and Ingram's still not bad from a peripheral standpoint. I know you have McCollum, but he averages around six, he averages around 12 combined rebounds and, and assists per game on the season. If, if you're if you're giving, you're right, if you're getting a sub AK Ingram at what, uh, with 39, 40 minutes, that's something you'll take. Shit, dude, Tyus Jones went up against the – actually, I shouldn't say it. Utah's defense you know, down low is, is much better than they are in that, that mid-range, man. That's where Tyus Jones just carved them up. So that's a bad example. But you see guys with bad matchups put up good games. So, you know, it happens. And people are still going to be playing guys like Trey Young today. Uh, it's the playoffs, like you said. If you're a seventh seed or an eighth seed or shit, whatever seed you are, a lot of times you're going to be going up against a very good defense. Uh, and the price reflects that. So yeah, like the way to think about it is, if Ingram were facing like, I don't know, Charlotte, he would project a lot better, and he would be 
obviously a better play. He'd probably also be more expensive, but like it, it, it's, it's factored in. Like he would project better if he wasn't playing Phoenix. Playing Phoenix, he still projects to be a good play at this salary. So like you're just doing yourself a disservice by double counting and saying like, okay, well, I'm going to like, he projects this way in this matchup, but also he's in this matchup. So I'm going to lower his projection even more. Like it makes no sense. Wrap us up here with Phoenix. And before we do 150 likes, maybe we got 500 plus people watching right now. If you haven't done so, take that one single second out of your day and hit that thumbs up 15 to go to 150. Make everybody happy around here. Appreciate you. Go ahead, Adam. Um, Yeah. So I think kind of across the board, Phoenix looks good. 8,800 for Booker. Uh, 8,300 for Paul, both good price tags. DeAndre Ayton at 7,200. He's one reason why I assume that Joe Val's only getting 15% ownership is you have a cheaper Aiton. Uh, he's getting 24%. I think that's a good play. But again, like Joe Val's a very good pivot away from him um, if you need an ownership discount, but Aiton still looks good. 5K for Mikel Bridges is a very fair price tag for someone that's going to play around 38 to 40 minutes. One kind of interesting spot because he's coming off of a really uh, disappointing game last time out. Jay Crowder only managed um, 5.75 DraftKings points in 28 minutes, but He's likely to play 28 to 30 minutes. He's 4,400. Right now, uh, we have him projected for 15% ownership. So he's another guy kind of like Herbert Jones, where he's more expensive than Vanderbilt, who's getting more ownership, but not by that much. If you can get to the Crowder and uh, Herbert and Herb Jones price range, I like those guys as a little bit lower on pivots to Vanderbilt. Okay. Landon Lowe said, uh, live betting the Suns third qu- in the third quarter has been money all year. It doesn't matter who does it. They just win. It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, Adam, uh, about how I, the the best actual trend that I've ever bet was Golden State Warriors in the season where they went on to like was it break or tie the all time you know single season wins record? Was it they tie with the was it did they tie with the Bulls or did they beat them that year where they had like seventy three wins or something? Um, I'm not sure. The war, but you know this. What's up? They did break it. So this was a team that was so bored in the regular season that the first half they would just not be good. And then you just bet them in the third quarter and the Warriors almost every third quarter, their net rating in the third quarter was the highest in the league by a huge margin. It was, there are spots to exploit like that, especially when a team just starts getting bored and the Warriors certainly did in that regular season, but Anyway, that'll do it for us. Appreciate you guys. As always, MLB Strategy Show coming up right after this. Who's on it? We got Greg and Matt LaMarca. Okay. Then we got the PGA Strategy Show at one with our boys Ben Rasa and Eric Linquist. Then you got MLB Live Before Lock at 4.15. NBA Deeper Dive at 5.30. Live Before Lock from 6.30 to 7.30. Post-Lock Show after that till 8. We got you covered throughout the day. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll catch you back here next time on The Strategy Show. Peace.